We are witnesses to all that he did both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. I've been thinking a lot of what it means to be a witness. Usually, if you are called as a witness at a trial, the context where we most often use that word today, it means that you have seen something or know of something that is very bad. The court places you under oath to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God, and you recount before the jury what it is that you saw and heard. That testimony is then what the jury uses to determine guilt or innocence. I've never been a witness in a court hearing, but I imagine it can be a very scary and anxiety-producing ordeal. Trying to remember all the details, staying calm during the cross-examination, and very likely having to do it all as the defendant, who may be someone you know or like, or even someone related to you, is watching. <clears throat> we even have the witness protection program for people who feel retaliation for telling the truth. What would it mean, though, to be a witness of something good? Something that people might find unbelievable because it doesn't fit within their normal experience of the world, but which you know is true because you saw it with your own two eyes. I can't think of a situation where someone would be compelled to be a witness to good news, at least from forces on the outside. We don't have courts, after all, that hear testimony and rule that a flower is beautiful, per se, or that an act someone performed is kind or generous, or that a person is ethical, noble, or wise. <clears throat> if we do testify to such things, it is because something inside of us cannot keep the knowledge to ourselves. It must be shared. It must be appreciated and celebrated and understood by everyone. <clears throat> to bear witness to good news is to speak of a reality that hasn't been discovered yet, a reality that may actually run counter to the narrative the world tells about itself and which we have heard so much about these last few years that things are beyond repair, that people are impossibly divided, that it's money and power which really drive the universe, and of course that death always has the final word. If all you listen to is the TV news, you might get the impression that it does, save for the few little feel-good stories that get nestled into the last two minutes of the news, but don't really change anything that has come before. The author of Life was crucified on Friday morning by a mob of angry people for a crime he didn't commit. But boy, would you take a look at that cute puppy. He sure seems to be enjoying that bone. <clears throat> now, I absolutely adore puppies and kitties, don't get me wrong. But I don't think the world needs more feel-good stories. Some small little nuggets of inspiration in an otherwise tragic tale. 
What we need is a different story, a different outlook, a different view of the world where service, not power, is at the center, where death is not the end, where in the midst of all that threatens to harm us, in the midst of all our fear and shame, love wins. And for that, beloved, we need witnesses. The women at the tomb that first Easter morning, they were not special people. They were not gifted storytellers or polished public speakers. Neither was Mary Magdalene in John's account of the resurrection where she simply exclaims, I have seen the Lord. These are ordinary people who in the midst of their ordinary lives suddenly realize that things are not what they seem. That whatever happened to Jesus, whatever they imagined his death to mean or not mean up until that moment, it was not the same old story that has always been told. Bury the body, pay your respects, say goodbye, and move on. Another life that ended too soon. How many times have we said that, beloved? Even this week. But although the women didn't know exactly what the empty tomb meant, Christians are still trying to really unpack what that means, they did know that it was no longer that, that something about the old order of things had been broken open and a new thing was happening. As Isaiah prophesied, as we heard in that first reading, a world where seemingly impossible things suddenly feel within the realm of what's real, what can be grasped, what can actually be believed. <clears throat> because be honest, when you heard Karin read that first reading from Isaiah about a world at peace where there is no fighting, no weeping, no pain, where there is meaningful labor, abundant harvests, and generational wealth for everyone, your default response might very well have been to say, I call you know what, which incidentally is exactly what the Greek word that is translated nonsense really means in Luke's gospel, the word that the apostles used to describe what the women told them. I just can't say it in church. Just as none of that seems possible, neither does a world where death is defeated, where it does not have the final word, where it is not the fearful sentence looming over every human life and the earth itself. But the women, the women testify otherwise. And not just them. Soon the apostles do too, as they encounter the risen Christ in their locked rooms and in the breaking of the bread. So have Christians all through the centuries, as they have borne witness to the love, the community, the peace, the joy, and the hope that they have found in this Jesus whom they and we have witnessed in countless ways bringing life out of death. But if you are feeling like you are on the jury this morning, if you're going back and forth in your mind between this being the news that reveals the divine, self-giving, undefeated love at the center of the universe, or it just being some nonsense with some pretty flowers. If you need one more witness or two, 
you have them this morning. Shane and Courtney, Knowlton Samard, that's the first time I've been able to refer to you with that last name, which by itself represents so much, such a journey and such incredible, fierce love by many, many people, but especially your adoptive parents, True and Jan. Shane and Courtney, you stand before us today as witnesses in our own day of what God can do. We remember when we first met you, you were much shorter, Shane. <laughs> and this was a strange, unfamiliar place to you. It probably wasn't the only thing in your life at that time that felt strange and unfamiliar. But we watched you grow and grow. We watched you nurture friendships, not only with the people your age, but with the adults whom you made the decision to let into your lives. We've prayed together, sang together, retreated together, gone through a pandemic together, and you've always been part of this family. We've always loved you. <clears throat> but as you know very well, there's something that happens which is beyond words when that love is made permanent, when it becomes official, so to speak, when it becomes something you can trust with all your heart and sort of relax into, knowing that it will always be there, no matter what, so much so that you are given a new name. That's what happened when you were adopted into the Knowlton Samard family, and it's what will happen here today as you are adopted into the Christian family, the body of Christ, the church, the people who bear the name of this Jesus and live as his hands and feet in the world. Today, the love that he has always had for you washes over you like a cleansing flood, marking a new beginning, a new chapter in your life and in our life together. It is sealed and ratified by the Holy Spirit as you are anointed with oil, and it shines forth from you in the lives that you live. Of that, we are all witnesses. But really... <clears throat> It is you who bear witness to the wonders of God this morning. As you stand before us, as so many have stood before you before, going all the way back to those women who found the stone rolled away and the tomb empty, as you say, I believe. I believe that there is no ending in life that is not also a beginning. I believe that love is the strongest thing in the world and that it can heal every wound. I believe that I belong in this world and to these people. I believe that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Amen. <clears throat>